I know that summer's gone, and you think that yet again you're the best barbecue guy on the block. Are you really? You can be one of the two contestants to prove it this Friday, September 18th at Ace Hardware on 6200 South and Highland Drive. Tweet at us now. Tell us why you should be there taking on the Zone host for the inaugural Zone Barbecue Championship. It's brought to you by Ace Hardware, the store, Traeger Grills, and the Zone Sports Network. Contestants will be drawn on Thursday the 17th during Scott and Hand show. Enter now, and you can be there on Friday. All right, the Big Ten is back with all kinds of explanations and qualifiers that we could spend the rest of the show discussing. Hot takes already popping up all over Twitter. Who's irritated you, PK? Well, Bill Platchkey, I just don't get some media folks who just seem like they, on their high horse, Sack like they know better. He treats out just because the Big Ten is playing football doesn't mean the Pac-12 has to be suckered into following them. Don't listen to the kids. Ignore the parents. Follow only the health officials. You might be the only ones not playing, but you'll also be the only ones not endangering. So is it ever going to be safe? Are so, we ever going to get rid of this? So, uh, yeah, when we're all vaccinated, I assume. Uh Two things, although I've already read stuff about how the vaccine's going to turn into a big old fight, too. I assumed that was the answer, but maybe I assumed wrong. Uh, two things when I read that, I thought, one, he's writing that because uh, he had it, and two, because he had someone in his life he was worried about passing it on to. Other than that, I don't know why he'd be writing that. I don't get it, man. I mean, CTE, people have, we know what, what's happened there. It, it, this is a dangerous game. And so people are playing it. So every, everyone is endangering lives. Why work? And how do you know that not playing is going to prevent you from getting it? You don't. You could absolutely get it without playing. Because there's yeah. a million places you could get it. You could get it going to the grocery store. You could get it... Standing somewhere, I don't know, pumping gas or paying for gas or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, you could. Charity you know, schools work. Schools are your open. Case. Yeah, charity work. Anytime, anytime you go to lunch <laughs> with someone and sit there and eat across the table from them, and neither one of them you're wearing a mask and you're talking and breathing on each other for an hour, you get it there. Well, of course, when you eat, you're not wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I get your point. Uh, That's I, why I, I, I don't get it. Uh, Incognito Gerg, and this is a hot take that's popping up. It doesn't make any difference if the Pac-12 plays. On the conference landscape, they're irrelevant in any way, shape, or form. That has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Okay, tell that to all the people who are posting it. Uh, Well, all right, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. How many people are posting it? How many times do I have to say it? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Twitter's populating so quickly, and I don't follow everybody. So So I can't catch up. <laughs> well, you told me to say it, so I did it. <laughs> Bear down Arizona tweeting out, I live in SEC country. These hillbillies will play football come hell or high water. <laughs> it's sad that the redneck mafia has been a, come, become obsessed with living vicariously through 18-year-olds that they have sacrificed the health of others. So... There's a Pac-12 fan in SEC territory thinks the SEC is reckless. And there's a Democrat, I bet. Could well be. <laughs> Bear down, Arizona. I wonder if all his neighbors know what he's saying on Twitter. They're going to come for you. I, I, if you can guarantee me they don't get it by not playing, 
I'm all for it. I don't think you can guarantee that. There's too many other things that can happen in life. There's too many stories already of college athletes who've picked it up, you know, because a bunch of them went over uh, to an apartment, because they went out to dinner, because they went to a club. I mean, there's a zillion stories. And I think also we're seeing people test positive who don't know how they got it. I mean, we're not at the point where there's contact tracing, and we know how every single person got it. And I don't think we know oh, that. Oh, of course not. Yeah. And how about recovery? And Plaschke had it. How's he doing? Uh, he hasn't said that I know of. Um, I mean, he's tweeting. I assume he's doing pretty well because I assume if he wasn't, we'd be hearing about it. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that most people do recover and do pretty well. Some people don't. And so then it just comes down to, like everything else in life, how much risk are you willing to accept? And that is going to vary wildly from person to person. And everybody doesn't have the same health concerns, so it's going to be all over the map, you know? Well, then, man, he better just demand, demand that the government get rid of uh, cigarettes, tobacco, alcohol, and all these things. Risk, risk, risk. Speeding on a freeway. We all know. Not only can they kill you, they could kill me, and I'm not doing it. Yep. You could be doing 65 on a freeway, and then someone's doing 75 and changing lanes, and you're at risk. Well, I'm talking about alcohol. You yeah. can get behind the wheel, and you, you can. can kill me. And, you're and I haven't had a, jo- a drink of alcohol in years, and, and you could kill me. So you better get rid of it, man, because you're endangering my health. And your secondhand and, smoke. Obviously. Could be killing you. Could be giving you cancer. And I grew up with that. I got a picture of my parents at their, my mother's prom, and they both, at the bottom of the picture, have cigarettes. So they smoked uh, into their 70s, and I was exposed to that my whole life in cars. Not great. With, but you won the DNA lottery, and you have survived so far. I won the DNA lottery? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, when this thing clears, we're having a party at DJ's house because I won the DNA <laughs> lottery. lottery. <laughs> <laughs> caviar for everybody. <laughs> Ooh, caviar. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, was that uh, Robin dude? Caviar and dreams and I, what was it? Rich and famous was that? Oh, guy's name? Uh, <laughs> champagne dreams and caviar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. It's something like that. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is. Robin, Robin Leach. Leach. Yeah. Didn't he end it? It was champagne dreams and caviar something or caviar. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even like know what that. caviar is. I just it sounds expensive. It's, it's fish eggs, and it is expensive, and it sounds grotesque, and I've never tried it. I don't know why people hold that up as like the ultimate. This is the best food ever. I'll be over here with a peanut butter and jam sandwich. I don't think I want the fish eggs. I'm out. Okay, would you rather win the real lottery or the DNA lottery? Because obviously, I've won the DNA lottery in more ways than one. If you lose, that's grotesque. Uh, that's just <laughs> well, I thought we were going to talk big time. I was all ready for college football. What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> it's after nine. That's a fair point. If you combine everything I say in PK's reaction at 9.15 compared to 7.15, it's like two different shows. That's a good point. <laughs> but to answer your question, PK, I'll take the actual lottery. How about you, Sniggs? Oh, that's you a tough call. You, you lose the DNA lottery. You can't, I, mean, I don't want to get into it. It's depressing. <laughs> I mean... 
I think the Pac-12 has got to find a way to get back on. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But see, the thing is, the, the plan, I always thought it was about the money. And I always think that once you, it, the Big 12 wanted to play, so they made sure that they found a doctor who said, yeah, here's how you can play. If you're sitting in a room full of doctors and lawyers and you tell the doc, what should I do, doc? Well, you absolutely shouldn't play. There's huge risk and all these things could happen. The lawyers are going to look at you and say, well, the doctor told you not to play. Now you're at risk if you play. So having the tests, so if, if you do, if an athlete does come down with it or a coach comes down with it or a trainer or some, you know, any of the staff, supportive staff people around the team come down with it, they can say, you didn't get it here because we tested people every day. And we had the results in 15 minutes, and we didn't let you into the building until we knew. You're good to go. So you didn't get it here. It's too bad that happened, but you can't sue us in our deep pockets because you didn't get it here. To me, that is the primary issue. And the Big 12, and, and I do think to a degree that, that Tucson, whoever, Bear Down fan, you know, the, the SEC, they really want to play. They're, they're stonewalling any requests about, you know, how many people have it. And it, we're not telling you anything. We're playing. Prove it came from us. They're aggressive. Their slogan is it means more. We know it means more. We can look at their spring football attendance and we know it means more. So I'm not surprised that they're pushing the envelope even more. But I think that getting the tests so that you're not liable if something does happen to a player or a coach or a trainer or whoever, it didn't happen here, then you can go ahead and play. Then I was, I was talking about this with my wife and explaining because the, the news was starting to break last night and, and, and she was curious about it. And I said, well, I got these tests, and you know, in 15 minutes. I mean, you know, football, we're a sports show, so we're going to talk about college football. But out in the real world, you know, when we talk about people losing jobs and the number of people who are losing hours or losing jobs or losing their business, whatever it is, you know, the travel and the, uh, the um, restaurant industry have just taken massive hits. Just, just massive, right? I said, you know, you, you know you want to go to dinner, but you know you don't want to sit in a restaurant. But imagine if you went to the restaurant and you had to wait for 15 minutes, which sometimes is a you know, popular place. You have to wait for a table anyway. If you, if you took that test, if you, if you had the peace of mind of walking in the restaurant, nobody here has it because the whole staff was tested and everybody here is tested. And, you know, we've all taken on a certain amount of stress because we've had to, you know, change our complete routines over the last six, seven months, whatever it is. Imagine if you could go out to your favorite restaurant and have that peace of mind and know that, you know, that'd be great. You could know. Nobody in this restaurant has it. I'm good to go. I can just sit here. I can order my favorite thing off the menu, hang out. You can meet friends. You can talk. You've told me about people, you know, that you used to go out with and, you know, they've got medical issues or whatever. So they're, they're just not doing that. You know, they've just completely changed because they got somebody who's at risk. You'd love to turn back the clock and go out again. When you were telling me about it, it was obvious, you know. So as much as for some reason everyone's just got to just take shots at each other and yell, I told you so, instead of celebrating like, we got a test that's done in 15 minutes now. What part of our lives, we can't reclaim everything, but is there like part of our lives we can all reclaim that we can all just be happy about? Or nobody wants to be happy now, I just got to go find someone to scream at. (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) For the life of me, I don't get it. But scream away, let's go. You see the, uh, the big man? Tweeted out. 
Great news. Big Ten football is back. All teams participate. Thank you to the players, coaches, parents, and all school representatives. Have a fantastic season. It's my great honor to have helped. Who's the big man? Oh. <laughs> 45. <laughs> that, took, that took a minute. <laughs> and I'm with you. POTUS. <laughs> uh, this cracks me up. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> so... Uh, but nevertheless, that's what we—that's uh, what we have here in this world. <laughs> I, I would just like to see them give it a shot. If they can't, I mean, and I don't know who to believe anywhere, anyway, anyhow. Well, don't you believe I mean, that? Just if a few weeks ago, they—they—they're not. The Big Ten wasn't going to revisit the man. Uh, the matter. Right. Well, clearly that was a mistake. Clearly that was a mistake <laughs> to say in a pandemic with a disease that we've been studying for less than a year because it's existed for a year, to say that you know for sure what's going to happen in 60, 90, 180 days. You know, the, the Pac-12 kicking the can down the road to January 1, why that far? You know, if you just kicked it down, we're going to revisit this in a month or six weeks and see if there's new info. Well, no one could say you're reckless because you're not playing. And then if you get new information, you can have a new opinion. So why draw this line in the sand on something that we know we don't know everything about? We can't possibly know everything about this. What is the impact of this disease on the human body over the course of two years? How can you possibly know that? The thing hasn't been around for two years. You know, so why kick the can so far down the road? I mean, if you can't, we can't agree on anything these days, I get that. But it seems like everybody ought to be able to agree on that. Why kick the can so far down the road? We're not playing right now. We're going to revisit this as we get new information. (laughs) Don't even put a date on it. You know? And it's like, if we get new information, we'll make a new decision. You know? And so this this test in 15 minutes is new information. Cool. Test everybody and play ball or go to a restaurant or, you know, a movie theater is your thing. Movie theaters are taking a huge hit in all of this. Well, if you, if you had to show up for the movie a little earlier and do a test, but then you knew everybody in there eating their popcorn and drinking their drink and watching their movie didn't have it, you can go hang out at a movie if that's your thing. How about this? Should the California and Oregon's move out and go to other places if they can't play? See, here's part of, part, I really feel like part of what's hanging over this is our college football players, students, or employees. Well, their employees. Well, John Wilner is advocating for what PK but, just said. You're right. And if their employees move them out the same way the Toronto Blue Jays moved out of Canada, move them out. Move into Buffalo for Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. But if they're college students, you're not even on campus, you're not even on state. Now, we know that these guys are generating a phenomenal amount of money that supports a lot of jobs and supports, at least in part, other sports. And they, they have evolved into employees. It didn't happen in any one minute. It didn't happen on any one day. But over time, if you look at where the sport is now versus 30 years ago versus 60 years ago versus 90 years ago, obviously it's changed. But they don't want the rules to change. they got a cap on how much they're paying these players. We'll give you room and board. We'll give you tuition and books. And we'll give you a little spending money on a stipend on top of that. But no more. Clearly, you got more because when the sport stops, look at all these other people who have to be furloughed or laid off or jobs that are vacant aren't filled. But I think that's a huge thing. And if they were employees, then the obvious answer would be, yes, move them somewhere else. But because you're clinging to this version of the college athlete from the 1930s, they're not going to do it. Not without some serious splaining. 
Tell me I'm wrong, PK. You'd love to tell me I'm wrong. Oh, I think the theories are all in order, and you summarized it as to the situation. Whether I agree with it or not is a whole other story, but the theories and the basic outline that you proposed or that you just authored, that's reality. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. Time to catch up on all the stuff we've been talking about this morning. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. The Clippers, one of two or three favorites to win the NBA title. In some people's mind, the favorite to win the NBA title. And they're gone in the second round. They blow a 3-1 lead. And not just did they blow it, but they didn't even compete in the second half of Game 7. They just got blown out. All-time collapses, all-time chokes, who absolutely blew it when they absolutely were in position to do what they were supposed to do. And it's a short list, PK. Uh, We didn't really come up with great NBA collapses and NBA chokes. Uh, The ones ones that were mentioned uh, in baseball, the Yankees up 3-0 and the Red Sox, and they lose. The Mets giving it away right at the bitter end in 1986 uh, to the uh, the Red Sox and the two outs and the two strikes and the multiple run lead and just blowing everything. That was historic and legendary. Uh, in football, the 24-point uh, lead in the playoffs last year that Houston had, the 25-point lead in the Super Bowl that Atlanta had on New England and they lost in overtime, and the all-timer, the 32-point lead, 35-3, to Houston up in Buffalo, and they lose in overtime. So there's a half dozen or so collapses off the top of our heads. If you've got something you want to add to it, tweet at us right now, David D.J. I think this one is inexcusable because in baseball, you know, pitching can make such a big difference, right? And you can get a a bloop hit. There's so many fluky things. When you have pitching and the fluky nature of the game, a bad hop, a, as I say, an end of the bat, dump into right field. You know, we've all seen that. We've seen that a million times. But in basketball, you know, uh, Marks Madsen's UVU team lost to New Mexico State last year. The kid banks in a three right at the end. All right, that's a fluke. A running long three, yeah. yeah, That that rarely happens. You know, it's such a game. It's one of the truest games in terms of your talent versus my talent. And the person, the, the side who has the more talent wins because it's just the mm. nature of the game. And it doesn't really change. Shooting can come and go to an extent, but that's on an individual level. You know, rarely does a whole team just gag. And so you were so good and able to win three games. Well, then here you just blow it like this. I mean, Phoenix did it a few years, several years with Barkley, who I, ne- I never really thought was a big-time player in the clutch either. Uh, they were up 3-1 over Houston. And I think it was, what, was it the second year with Houston? Mm-hmm. Underestimate the the heart and all that stuff. And I thought that was a gag because I thought they had more talent 
than Houston did. I mean, they didn't have Olajuwon. Great. I mean, he was he, at the time he was at the top of his game. He was really, really good. But overall, I think they had more talent, and they couldn't get it done. And here, the Clippers—they don't have Jokic, but top to bottom, they had more talent, and they didn't get it done. That's a gag. And they didn't compete. It's not just that they didn't get it done. That's hard enough to believe they didn't get it done. But the fact that they couldn't even get that game down to single digits in the fourth quarter, that their star players were over, that their three best players combined, the, the three guys that you think would really uh, score, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Lou Williams off the bench. Combined, they had 31 points while Jamal Murray had 40. It's so lopsided. It's so out of whack. Is Jamal Murray getting enough run for scoring 40? I would say no. I would agree with that. I mean, he had 40. Let that sink in. 40-point games are huge. But it, between the Clippers' collapse and between Jokic is just like unlike anything we've seen. 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists. Staggeringly massive numbers. And that's in a game he didn't even shoot the three well. He was 0 for 4. Bad news, Lakers. He's due a big game. <laughs> so we get, are we all going to pick the Lakers and underestimate the Nuggets again? No, I'm going Nuggets in seven. Are you really? <laughs> Nuggets to the NBA Finals. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see it, man. It'd be great. I know, story. but we're all we're all going to pick the Lakers and then root for the Nuggets. Well, I <laughs> I said a few doing. weeks ago. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Not a few weeks, but a few days ago. If the Laker bench plays like it's been playing, they're unstoppable. So we got the Lakers and the Nuggets tipping off uh, Friday. Will be game one in that series. Uh, no NBA basketball tonight. Heat and Celtics will play game two in their series on Thursday. And then the West will kick off on Friday. So we'll have that going. So that's one of the things we've been hitting. And if, you, if we've missed somebody, the upset, the collapse. Uh, we did have someone tweet at us about uh, the uh, Virginia as a one seed losing to a 16. But, you know, sure. the, thing about, the thing about collapses in high school and college is that we know those players are more inexperienced. We know they're uh, more immature. And so you expect crazier things to happen. You know, well, at, the, never it, happened. at the pro level, they're more experienced. They're more mature. So when you have the advantage, you're expected to hold on to it. Yeah, and they've righted themselves by winning the thing the next year. All right, other stuff we've been talking about. Uh, we talked college football this morning with uh, David Nixon. He came on, BYU TV football analyst and former uh, BYU linebacker, just as the news was breaking about the Big Ten. And he was talking about the roller coaster nature for the players ready to play, then suddenly not playing, then ready to play again. A, you know, it's, uh, there's all these issues and all these people and all these opinions, but then you forget for like, you know, guy 30 on the roster average college football player who isn't going to the NFL. He's a good enough athlete to play in college, and that's something, but he just you know, doesn't have the size or the speed to play in the NFL. And this is everything for him, and he's riding a roller coaster unlike any college football player before him. This is a weird deal. Yeah, well, yeah, the, these other teams, they've sold their soul. Christine Brennan, USA Today, note the date, 9-16-20, the day the vaunted Big Ten became the SEC. It choked. It got scared. It sold its soul for football. My USA Today sports column on the darkest day in Big Ten history, 
the darkest day. I don't get all these national pundits who just want to lecture us about they know what's right. It just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did she address anywhere the, the testing thing? That if everyone's tested... I'm not going to read it. I just and, read her tweet. If, oh, okay. If everybody's tested and nobody has it, then nobody's going to get sick. Now, I, I don't see the argument with that. And all for safety. Nobody wants anybody dying over this. Nobody wants someone to take it home to their grandma. And you could argue that some people, even the people who are playing, I don't think they want that. Now, maybe they're ignoring that because they want football so much or not addressing it, but they don't, they don't literally want it. But if everyone is tested and nobody has it, I don't get what the risk is at that point. What is this national media? Why are they so bent on not having football? There's so many of them. It's a, and even regionally. They, and it's easy for them to say because they got their jobs. <laughs> They're employed. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, staked out the ground, and now you're going to stick to it? And somebody responded to her, darker days in the Big Ten than today. Jerry Sandusky, story and cover-up. Larry Nassar, story and cover-up. Ohio <laughs> State wrestlers alleged years of sexual abuse. Wow, that's yeah, three schools. and play football is really dark. That's three schools, three different schools and three sexual abuse stories, all in pretty recent memory. The darkest day in the history of the Big Ten. Wow. <laughs> also this morning, we talked to U.S. Open Golf with Bob Casper. You got DJ, PK. You feeling good? He's on a tear. Has he got one more in him? Sure. He's got several in him. Right? What's he, about 33, 34? Yeah, that sounds about right. Used to be the prime for golfers. Now we got a lot of golfers winning in their 20s, so the prime has been winning expanded. Winning in their 20s, but then not winning again. Yeah, that's a weird deal. <laughs> we'll see if Morikawa uh, can break that. Or if he Spieth. follows Rory McIlroy and, and Jordan McElroy. Spieth. And... Yeah, I was tempted to go with McIlroy, but he, his wife just had their first kid. I think that would be a little bit of a distraction. He went undrafted, an undrafted free agent. <laughs> All right, that's a lot of what we've been hitting this morning. Uh, anything else? Anything else you care about? Anything else you want to hit on here? We kind of uh, kind of overlooked the Heat and the Celtics there. The the Boston going to the isolation basketball and taking a, a bunch of contested jump shots. They, they did not cover themselves in glory in the last three minutes of regulation when they really should have put that game away. Yeah, I think that's what happens. Jason Tatum is their best player, but he's also very young, so maybe not knowing how to handle the situation. Jimmy Butler is a bad man. (laughs) So is it – I was wondering about this. This is probably a segment for tomorrow's show or another show later this week or next week or whatever. But, uh, you know, that whole thing that got – that just got repeated over and over and over during the uh, Jordan documentary, you know, it got us – organizations win championships – is how much of this is Jimmy Butler maturing and becoming better, which is kind of standard across the NBA. Lots of players, lots of decades. Pick your favorite. Uh, maybe it's just his career arc. You know, he's more ready to win now than he was three or four years ago because he's just too young then. Or how much of this is, well, 
look at the organizations he was with, and now look at the organization he's with now, and he's with the best one now, so he's having the most success. Or are both of those things happening at the same time? Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of truth in, in uh, both scenarios that you painted. He's maturing, and he is with the best organization. Yeah, he's, he's a really good player. Man. Oh, I know. When he rose up in front of the bench, you're like, he's going to hit that. You can feel it. It's, it's like basketball karma, you know? The Celtics wasted too many possessions. He wasted, they, they wasted too many possessions. And, you know, Kemba Walker, who was not having a good game. He's had good games. He was not having a good game. And so he holds the ball and decides to go one-on-one against Jay Crowder. You're like, you're giving up five or six inches and 50 pounds, and Crowder loves to defend. He's loving this. Like, really? Is this your strength attacking their weakness? Because I'm pretty sure it's not. What are you guys doing? Well, they were losing the game. That's what they were doing. Yeah. So they, exactly. temp- they tempted him, and then you give Jimmy Butler a chance. So, Jimmy Butler, one big shot for the lead. He hit it. Who's surprised? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, there's a lot of what we've been talking about over the course of this show. And it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, your feedback coming up next. Everything you have to say about this show, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We'll get to it next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. We're talking with Matt Williamson, our NFL insider. Jordan Love went to Utah State, so he's got a lot of fans around here, obviously. But it would seem that the Packers picking him might have motivated Aaron Rodgers just a tad. Just a tad, yeah. Rodgers obviously has an amazing career. That being said, the last two years, he has been a good quarterback. He has not been a great player. And I worried that the end was starting to creep up to him, too. Didn't take as many risks as he used to. Didn't really adapt to the floor offense that great in his first year but maybe that fire under him now is just burning white hot and there's nobody more talented the big show weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network shopping for a new car well you're saying that the clippers choked because they scored 33 points in the second half of game seven the jazz scored 78 points in the game in game seven that's a choke. Your feedback is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. That is true if you just look at the numbers, but they did that in a two-point game when they were limiting the other team. If the Clippers had been limiting the Nuggets the same way, it would have felt different. It would have felt competitive. I think the lack of competition is the key. And 33 points is a low number, and 78 is a low number. But you get away with it in public perception if the other guy's scoring 35 or 80. Oh, yeah, I think the key word is to compete to the end there. Phrase, I should say, rather than the key word, or compete is the, is the key word. And that's not what happened with those guys. It's embarrassing. But there are a ton of people who say this 3-1 choke is exactly like the Jazz. It's right up there with the recent Jazz choke is what the snowman tweets out, and that thing's been liked by uh, 16 other people. Okay, fine. They're up 3-1. They'll they'll tell you full well they should have won the series, so we're not breaking news here. No. They'll be the first to admit it. 
Donovan Mitchell sat there after the uh, after the game seven loss and and said, you know, you can go back and look at the moments. You know, the eight second violation in the backcourt in game one, the fifteen point blown lead in game five. I think it's uh, it's natural to say that you know, once you've done it, it becomes easier to do it again. That was the Nuggets' first big comeback in an elimination game. I mean, yes, they've done it six times now. And they've always had the talent that that's been constant. Except, I guess, unless you say, well, Harris's return and getting him into the flow of things, uh, not just having him back, you know, stone cold, not having played in a long well, I time. I think that was a big difference for yeah. the Nuggets. But aside He's from a that, player. yeah. Aside from that, just the whole experience of, hey, we've been here before, we know how to do this. Uh-huh. But it just looked so easy. It just comes down to the eyeball test. It looked so easy. And then also, there's just, here's the other thing. There's more expectations for the Clippers than the Jazz. You know, Kawhi Leonard has won titles, and the Jazz don't have players who've won titles. So, you know, the expectation is there. The Clippers are a two-seed and the Jazz are a six seed. Right. Having said that, they're still up 3-1, and Jazz fans everywhere wish they had been able to seal that deal. And then the question becomes, if they'd been able to seal that deal, would they have also taken down the Clippers? You know, we'll never know, but it's not a reach to say, yeah, they could have. They could have put pressure on the Clippers, and the Clippers could have cracked under pressure. Could have, would have, should have. Yeah, who would have won BYU-Utah a couple weeks back? Well, that's a whole other show. Thank goodness we have one tomorrow. <laughs> Who knows? Twenty twenty Pac twelve champs says that is dumb of Bill Plasky to say that. We can change our opinion when we get new information. The new information is with the tests; they make it safe to play. So twenty twenty Pac twelve champs sounds like a. He was okay with the uh, not playing, and now he sounds like he is geared up to see them play. I could have potentially been okay with not playing, but I wasn't okay with them making the decision when they made it. Why kick the can so far down the road to January 1? Just say we're in a unique situation. It's a new disease. We don't know everything about it. We'll reconsider it when we get new information. As of now, we're no-go. That's the thing that makes the Big Ten look so bad is not only to decide, but then we will not revisit this. And then you not only revisit (laughs) it, but you change your mind. So there's four things coming out of your mouth that didn't come from anybody else. And, you know, put you in one of those really smart Big Ten logic classes and see how that plays out. Well, according to Christine Brennan, this is the darkest day in Big Ten history. No, I think that that, uh, the thing you read about the – the uh, you know the three schools that didn't protect their student athletes and uh, community members, I guess, in the case of Penn State, but student athletes in the case of uh, Michigan State and Ohio State against sexual predators. That's horrific. I mean, that's I mean, who wouldn't use the word horrific with those stories? Yeah, I mean, no political agenda there. Uh, David Thomas wants to argue with you about passing centers. Yak, when are we going to get tired of this? Because it's only going to be you and me. PK's not. He's got it, baby. It's 
at some point, I think it'll wear off, but it's still pretty... Sabonis so is considered one of the best big man passers as one of the best overall centers in the history of the Somebody game. Somebody missed our earlier Bill Walton moments. once called Sabonis a 7-foot, 3-inch Larry Bird due to his unique court vision and shooting range. Okay, but the game has continued to evolve. And I thought on the broadcast, they, they made the point in passing because the game was still going and it wasn't decided at that point. Um, but you're taking a guy... Centers have always, can you pass out of the low post? Can you throw a great outlet pass? And then with Walton, he was good enough to move to the high post, but the game's expanded. Now you got a center passing on the move. Ron Boone said that passing on the move, passing on the dribble, and I guess Sabonis doesn't always dribble coming out of those double teams. Sometimes he does, but a lot of times he just catches the ball, and then it's you know one step and, and the ball's gone. Um, but he's passing. He's being asked to do stuff that other guys weren't asked to do. You can see Sabonis pivoting out by the three-point line, but he's not on the move. You know, both feet Sabonis, are set underneath him. You're talking about yeah, not the not the son, the father. Yeah, the dad. So he was out by the three-point line. He stretched the floor, but not to. He was still inside it. He was out near it, but he was still often inside it. Arvidas, the dad, not Demontis, the son. The Gonzaga Arvidus, guy. Vetus the dad. He's not your Vetus. He's our Vetus. Our Vetus. Uh, more, more impressive, the 13 assists or the 22 rebounds when you're playing that far from the hoop at both ends of the court as a big man. 22 is a lot of boards. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 where are you when the ball is shot? If you're that far from the hoop when the ball is shot, that's another story. Yeah, Albert tweeted, it's probably the best gif of the day. Reggie Miller with the, the choke sign to, to Spike Lee. Yeah, them Knicks. But I don't talk Knicks on this show, sorry. JCJ, Jeffrey C. Jackson tweets at us uh, on the subject of the uh, where do the Clippers choke rank with some of the worst chokes. I'll reserve opinion until the finals are over. Maybe... The Nuggets are better than we all think. Denver Nuggets, NBA champions. I don't think the Nuggets are better than I think. Do you think they're going to win the title? I think they have a legitimate shot to win the title. But right now, I'm, I'll say it again. If the Laker bench plays like it does, I'm going with the Lakers. Well, I think Jeffrey's point is if they win the title, then uh, how they beat all these other teams. Man, if they win the title, will that drive Jazz fans nuts? Or will that encourage Jazz fans that more than ever, they are closer than ever? And with a tweak here and a better moment under pressure here, it could be them holding up the trophy. Well, I got nothing against them them Nuggets. Uh, To me, that would be an encouraging sign. Jokic was a second-round pick, and um, Murray was a little... Middle of the lottery was around six, somewhere in there, six, eight. But the point is, they weren't number one picks. It wasn't like the right. Spurs getting the. You got to get the number one pick twice, and have the have the right guy coming out. You know, it's got to be the right year. Right. This is more about being smart, maybe being a little fortunate, but not being freakishly lucky. And you're fortunate that everyone else passed. You know, passed him over. Uh, seventh pick overall in 2016. So middle of the first, right. middle of the lottery. Yeah. It's really hard to trade up into the top picks. Uh, you might have a little more luck moving in. When you're in the second five somewhere, you might have a little more luck moving in. And the other thing it means is that uh, 
not only did they build the team, quote unquote, the right way, but I think anything that gets the NBA off of, everyone can spot the top two or three teams in the league and know that those are the champions early in the season. Anything that breaks away from that is a positive. Even yeah, if you just enlarge the pool to where there's only six or eight teams. Hey, that's I take where you're it. disrespecting Denver. I don't think that they, that moves away from that. Well, I don't think anyone identified them as one of two or three teams early in the year, so... Uh, I disagree with that. Well, who I did I thought it? they were top three in the West, and the West was going to win the title. I don't know. They ultimately finished there. I don't know that they were picked there. I guess they have they to go back picked, and look at everybody's preseason. They finished second pre-season. last year. Why they didn't lose anybody? Why in the world would you not pick them this year? Because, Again, you're because the Lakers them. had AD and were picked number one, and because the right. Clippers that's, went and got Kawhi, and because and Houston was picked is. in front of them, and I don't because think they were not in my mind. Yeah, okay, I think in a lot of people, I'll go back and check preseason predictions. That'll give me something to do today. Thank you, PK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And the three or four, it, I to me, I didn't pick anybody in the East. Nobody from the East got me. I wasn't counting on anybody there. So I think they were, at worst, they were picked in the top four. We have an extra minute here. NBA preseason don't, odds. Oh, the Nuggets are sixteen to one. That was the seventh best odds. So Vegas had him as the seventh best in the league. And if if it's if there, I would love it if every year we went in and thought there were seven different NBA teams that had a legit shot at the title. That'd be great because that is not what we've thought of the NBA in the eighteen nineteen years we've been doing this show. That is not how we've approached most seasons. That so. Vegas was wrong, and Vegas has been wrong many well, times. Well, Vegas, Vegas has been wrong many times, and Vegas isn't wrong yet. The Nuggets haven't won the title yet. And one of the teams, the Warriors, um, well, you know, ton ahead. of injuries. Yeah, right, exactly, that, which is why I was moving them up a spot. No, I'm saying, are they in the top three? And in my mind, they've already answered that question. Whether they win it or not remains to be seen. Well, they're definitely in the top three now. I don't think anyone would argue that's that That's what now. I'm saying. They've yeah. already answered the question. Getting to a conference final is a uh, significant accomplishment, especially beating the team that was the, uh, had the best odds when the season started. The Clippers 7-2, to the Lakers 4-1. to so. And I had both those teams ahead of the, the Nuggets, but mm-hmm. I thought the Nuggets, with the Warriors being uh, sidelined basically this season, uh, redshirt year, that they were – the third best. I, I had them better than Houston. I mean, Houston just seems like it's, it, it is the definition of insanity here. <laughs> A higher level Minnesota, right? They are who they yeah. are. Yeah, right. And, so, and now they're going to change coaches. Are they going to hire the right coach? No. Are they going to bring back Red Allback or Phil Jackson in his prime or whoever you want? The answer is no. In terms of if the right coach means winning the title. All right, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We got plenty to uh, get to. We put a uh, at a. Uh, <laughs> this is this is so funny looking at what we've got uh, what we've got going on with all the response today. I had a poll up yesterday. Who do you have in Game 7? 25% of the people went for the Nuggets, 30% for the Clippers, and 45% for no Jazz. I don't care. But man, 
People were ready to <laughs> dump on the Jazz as soon as the Nuggets pulled it off. Uh, new poll question is up. Will the Pac-12 join the Big Ten and play football? We're a little over 200 votes so far. I just put it up about 10 minutes ago. Uh, 32% say yes. 38% say nope. And 29% for who knows. You got a gut feeling on one of those PK, or are you in the who knows category? Because right well, now, gut feeling, I'm thinking, yep, uh, they're going to play. How are you? How far are you stretching it out? I think they will play. I just don't know when. Okay, I didn't put that up there, but that's a good that's a good response. Um, you know, I was thinking November kickoff that because that seems to be what's been floated out there by the league. So, but the Big Ten will be kicking off, and they'll play two games in October. They hope to play two in October, four in November, two in December. And then that leaves them with the uh, the Big Ten Championship the third week in December in time to have someone for the college football playoff. I hope they can pull it off. We're looking to you, Ohio State. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Scotty and Hands are coming up next. We'll talk to you.